0: Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of a Totally Arsenal podcast. I'm your host, Mone, and my co-host,
1: Aidan. How's it, guys? Back in the top four after being out there for a bit. Uh, Two good professional results. We'll get into the Southampton game first. Uh, We thought it may be a tricky affair, but Arsenal showed very early on the intent that they weren't going to be bullied at home.
0: Yeah, a very clinical performance with Ramsey captaining the side. Um, Emery mixing the side up somewhat from the party game we, we brought in Leno, Socrates, Torreira, Kolasinac, Ramsey, and Lacazette. Uh, they came in for Cech, Koscielny, Nacho, Quindosi, Ozil, and Alba. Um, Arsenal sprang out fast out of the traps, catching the Saints totally on the heels. Um, I think it, only one chance that I had like very early on Southampton was where Longbow got moved into the box and uh, into the Arsenal off, oh, sorry, and uh, Nathan Redman ran in on the Arsenal goal, but it was like quite good work by Mustafi and Leno to, you know, manage to hold the ball out. Um, we take the lead on six minutes uh, with Iwobi getting down the left flank. He whips it across, ludes Torreira was actually all down by Jack so was, And I think the ref was just allowing play to go on because I mean it was right in front of the ref. Yeah. Um, the ball reached Mikitarin who shot that goal. Like it looked, it seemed somewhat wayward. But I mean with like I said being played onside by Westergaard, he managed to back the ball pass Angus Gunn.
1: one and I think it I think it was a good uh you know I'm glad McIntyre got in on the assist it seems like you know he's growing a bit at Arsenal. I'm not saying you know he's hitting the him a light, but, you know, he's getting assists, he's chipping in with goal so, I'm happy for him at the moment, I mean, if he can keep this form up, I'm sure, he's, 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 I think he's a confidence-type player, and if you can keep up this confidence, keep on going, I think, you know, he, he can add a lot to this team, I think and also a very neat finish, but like I said.
0: You know that, yeah. that that is something that was always, like, sticking in my head, That comment that you made, I mean, even in the off-season, even before we started doing, um you know, these podcasts, and that you used to tell me, you know, Mkhitaryan is a player that, know he needs almost like an arm around him whereas Mourinho was not going to give him really that you know something like you're gonna have to walk on your own and with Wenger or that final part of his career at at Arsenal it was almost like he was he didn't really or didn't want to get too attached to the players going you know as he's not waiting down so I mean now with Emery you know maybe have a manager like that that's gonna you know come on you know get behind the player and and stuff like that and I mean as you said now you do see that now, because it's almost like he, he's just picking it up, picking it up like it. And I think while that momentum is going, as you said, with the with the, with the with the way he's now being chosen, also in, but I think with with morale, it's also now going to be booming with him. Because I mean, of course, we're still going through other games and that. But I mean, it, if, if you see the level he played on that um, the, that weekend game, and then you see how he up the level again for the um the game, yeah for the Bournemouth game, and then you think of look, what's probably going in his head for, kind of like for tomorrow's Northlander derby. So, you know, it, it bodes well for him.
1: Uh, uh, I think also before he got injured, sorry to interrupt yeah. again, um, before he got injured, he scored those two goals. And I think that, that helped his confidence a bit, you know. And he picked up the injury and, you know, sometimes you're in a good shape or form and you know you want to get back on the field. And I think he wanted to get back on the field. And even that, was it, when you played, I just feel... He, I know he didn't set the game alight as well, but he did little things here and there as well. It was good. And it was also that, that through what he gave to Iwobi, Iwobi could have made it 3-0. So he's he's, he's, he's doing something when he's on the field at the moment. Because, I mean, he's also adding that sort of
0: drive that we've been asking for, or you know, that, that something yes. that top lack sometimes. Because, look, it's all good and well sometimes when Iwobi is going forward, but sometimes he does not know what to do in the final third. Whereas, you know, what's sticking in, in Mkhitaryan's head already. Like, it almost like he has like a... a you can, you can almost like see in advance already, one or two saves. ahead of the defenders, like what he wants to do, where he wants to place the ball. Yeah, um,
1: that's
0: right. And then on 14 minutes, you know, Southampton slowly start dominating position. Um, in yeah. Jump, well, Stuart Armstrong as like a header, diverted by Kolasinac. Matt Target the rebound, forcing Leno into like a first, like second or second meaningful save. Um, yeah, yeah. Arsenal's pressing game forces Southampton into an error. Angus Gunn his clearance, um, say to Iwobi. Uh, Nigerian the Nigerian curls a ball into Mkhitaryan, who drives the whole ball home with clinical precision. 2-0,
1: no Arsenal. I think that's the kind of start we asked for. I know you always mentioned it, like you know the Invincibles would come blow the team away, and you know just the rest of it, you know, put like go into professional mode, see the game out. Because I know people were mentioning like Arsenal should have punished and driven over the advantage. Yes, like I said, probably could have had a hat-trick by the end of the first half. Um, Leno also, I must commend him. It's not the first time now where the game's in the balance and he makes a crucial save. So, uh, um, big ups to Leno. But, um, I feel that like Arsenal were very professional. They never, you know, left gaps because normally Arsenal like at 2-0 up would go for a third or a fourth or a fifth. Mm-hmm. And then they get caught um, napping and they go two and be up at the uh, at the break or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly the game becomes a scramble. It was a very, very clinical and professional performance.
0: I mean, what I want to also add in was especially in that first half, um, Shaka was really immense in that midfield because I mean he was like you know dictating the game from deep you know, spraying the ball across uh, into all corners of the pitch. So, I mean, it was almost like adding more pressure onto to Southampton. So, you know, it almost allowed us also that that, that somebody like, say, uh, like, you know, his midfield partner or or uh, like Ramsey also in midfield, it allowed him even more freedom, you know, to, to run and, and dictate the game to a degree.
1: It seems like the guys are, are feeling a bit more confident now. I know it's going to be a massive... Um title not title top four race at the moment and I feel and I don't to get too ahead of ourselves now and we will get there but I mean if we can get Spurs and Knock will be one point behind them and pull them into this top four race.
0: Yeah and then I mean second half Southampton make two substitutions uh Charlie Austin and Michael Obafemi coming on for Jack Stevens and Stewart Armstrong. Um 55th minute Lee Scheiner pulls up with a I think a backspaz. Uh, like so into yeah. the fray with Mustafi going out into right back. And I mean, I did not think Mustafi did too bad of a job. Look, it's not something that he plays now in and out of probably in training uses a lot. But I mean he was, you know, adding an extra body on the overlap, which also, you know, added to our attacking threat down, you know, either flankers. I mean, with Kolosinach and, and Iwobi also doing their thing on the other side.
1: Um, I wanted to mention this to you. Sorry, um, didn't Mustafi play out the right back for Germany a few times? Like you know, when he, no. in the international games, so uh, he wouldn't be a bad, you know, second choice. Even though or even a first choice, if you want to play Mustafi, Um I, I, I find
0: he's, you know, like look. Sometimes we can get very critical about him, eh? but I just think he actually does a better job. Me as well. Me as well. Not on the right. I
1: I definitely agree with
0: that. Because I mean, I, if it was now also like a toss up between Mustafa and Liechtenstein. I'll actually opt for Mustafa because even his judgment on the flanks was better. Like, you know, he knew whether to drop off or whether to attack the ball and whatever. And I mean, when he was attacking the ball, it was with way more intent than what we now have seen with like when Mike now has gone in at right back, Lichten has gone at right. Like,
1: and he looks a bit more stable there as well, like you know, compared to like Steiner as well. And like I said, he had the stamina to get up and down the wing, and he, and he's no slouch actually on the, the right back side. And he can cross the ball as well, I man. I find his crossing quite decent as well. So, I uh, thought maybe a bad choice to play there from time to time to maybe, you know, get cross Socrates, him, and Monreal on the field. I would feel safe with that kind of back four actually.
0: Um, on 64 minutes, Obafemi came in off because he had a hamstring <laughs> pull so Mohammed l Unis, you 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 see coming on um with 15 minutes to go and it looked uh, you know more like like as it was about to be substituted but then i think you will be jordi's ankle
1: yeah
0: um, out of the pitch, i think i not you made it i think i recall he made a tackle uh he needed to come off because I mean, you got serious disappointment in luck, as it's face, thinking, oh, it's my number coming up. And then Emery and I had to do a slight rethink or reshuffle. So, Aubameyang then came on for um, Iwobi. Arsenal then took this thing out of the game with just no more or less sporadic attacks, you know, as the points were now settled and whatever. So, we went in that game at full time, 2-0 Arsenal.
1: I think it was, a, like I mentioned, a professional performance and we carried that on through to the was it Wednesday's game against Bournemouth, Bournemouth yeah. and and for me, we, we showed that intent again. We came to the area to show them we're not going to allow you to settle in in and you know park your bus. Because Bournemouth came there to park the bus and he turned the counter attack, and within no time, within four minutes, yeah, Mesut Özil, you know, um, brilliant finish, and for me, um, it was. He sorry it was um he show, he wanted to show himself uh, you know prove himself prove his worth to Emre and to Arsenal because it seemed like he was playing with more fire mm. um I against mean, Bournemouth. That, that little dink
0: of his is almost like now he's trademark. I call it yes. a little dink because it's like we just stabs the ball into the ground and the loop takes it over the keeper. Oh, I mean it was a brilliant finish. I mean even like I oh, hours after the game, I mean when I was going through different um sports channels or sports networks. Listening to the pundits talking, and everybody was talking about that ball. And I mean, even like on match of the day, Ian Wright, there were Gary Lenica was asking Ian Wright to almost like kind of explain that dull formula of Özil's finish. But yeah, I fully agree with you that performance of Özil. It reminded me somewhat of that Leicester performance of the season or so, yes. Ozil, where he was like all over the place. And I mean, I think we are where a uh, person. I like to mark my, my opinion now. The for me, the biggest difference was, like, for, with Leicester in this game now, uh, he actually did more tackling-wise also, because I think he, he was also thing that we had actually stood out where he made a tackle in the corner, in our corner, in our half, where uh, Burn, Bournemouth were trying to, you know, almost like uh, uh, play themselves out of that corner. And he actually took the, nicked the ball off and managed to uh, get the ball forward to Jenkinson who almost like yeah. started another attack. So, I mean, it was great work. and I mean, it was like a grafting performance. I'm not saying he was now, you know, at all times uh, shielding the team and whatever, but, you know, where he could and whatever, you could see he was getting his body, you know, in the th- in the mix or running into that pockets of space, so the type of performance that we almost like yearning
1: for normally with regards to him. And I think Mkhitaryan's been also doing that as well. And I know we complain about Mkhitaryan not tracking back and stuff like that. But it's like the two of them now actually you know starting to add a bit more to the game now and I think maybe they are listening to what Emre mm. is expecting from them. You know, work back if you lose the ball and yeah, just try to, you not in the game, that to put yourself amongst, like, you know, the, the thick of things.
0: Uh, was in now, did start trying to carve out chance from the so 19th minute on, uh, with Ryan Fraser hitting a venomous shot, which Leno managed just to palm away. Um, one thing I, I did notice in the game, I don't know if you pick up uh, picked up on it, um, when there was when we were like swarming them for the majority of that first 18 minutes or so, Eddie Howe actually sent on a, a little note to Ryan Fraser. And that yeah. was like a, kind of, a message like for, for uh, a force formation change. And you could actually see the minute that, that uh, Ryan Fraser read that note and, you know, you know barked out whatever orders it was on that note, you could see therefore, with the formation change, all of a sudden Arsenal's dominance started waning because now all of a sudden, no time we had on the ball. The game was way, way more compact. So, you know, we weren't getting that. that you know, the way we were <laughs> was like passing through them in the first yeah minutes or so. That was gone. And then, I mean, after, what was it, 27 minutes, a kind of moment of madness where the Cherries kind of shot themselves in the foot where Adam Smith, Needlessly gave the ball away. I mean, they were already on the front foot, but I mean, they were it was like knocking the ball about in the half. He eats the ball straight, I think, to Mkhitaryan.
1: Cross, yeah, across goal. I mean, that's a cardinal sin. I mean, though, I mean, even in junior football, you tell your guys, never eat the ball across your goal. And then, I mean, it was like a brilliant little one-two between Mkhitaryan and Ozil with a
0: German, playing the Armenian to actually tap the ball into an empty net. So we went 2-0 up. Um, on 30 minutes, uh kind of blackout moment for Arsenal as Gwendoza was caught in possession by Dan Gosling, who in turn squared the ball to Mousset to roll the ball into an empty net, 2-1, Ars- uh, 2-1 Arsenal. But a cheap goal to concede, you know, again, kind of. that. That is something I think that's what you also mentioned a while back where that is where you actually feel sorry for someone like Leno because, look, that guy wants to keep a clean sheet. I mean, in a game that was probably going to go only one way. But it's like you know these type of things almost like he raises all that because uh, it's not like stuff we can actually you know still try to make a save. It's not like he's just being set up like that way. They're just knocking the ball past him through an error like that happened in front of him, and then it's like just a little tap in, and he you know has zero chance to get to the ball.
1: Yeah, I think you know that that uh, as a youngster going towards he probably had that lapses in concentration. So it's something you you will get on with, you know, when the the longer he played, but I mean, it's it's a, a lot of Arsenal's goals. If you can look back to the season, it wasn't really individual brilliance or, you know, they really calmed this open. It was us making individual errors, which cost us a lot of points. If you go back to think about Crystal Palace, mm-hmm. and last-minute penalty or just before, like in the last dying embers of the game, Against Wolves, we gave a stupid goal away. Liverpool, we gave a stupid goal away. I mean, we could have actually... I'm not saying, oh, we could have been in the tight place, but we could have been there and there, about. probably like in a spur situation because we threw a lot of points away, actually. We gave points away. And I mean, if, if you think away. of what we had to do now to get, say,
0: certain... I mean, not saying all... Because, look, there was also errors, blunders in, in games that we played other teams. Yes. Like, if you take now the Bournemouth game, had like a bl- kind of blunder. The Southampton game also had a blunder. But, I mean, other than that... Also, normally have to you know you know burst uh, have to burst the gut to you know create those chances to somehow carve out something out of nothing. Whereas I'm mean, like we gifting teams, you know these type of goals
1: that you, have, you yes. saw now. You look against Brighton. That was two points drop against Brighton. We had the lead and then they just took a long ball over the top. We concede a goal. United also stupid error jesse lingard somehow got ran through the defense i mean that's another two points dropped wolves at home two points dropped, and i mean losing three two against the struggling southampton but also unacceptable so you add these points together it's six points we could have been better off and i'm not saying um that you know that we could have been title challengers or something like that but if you iron out that mistakes alone be more solid at the back and then you know, take it from there. And oh, I and actually
0: one, feel that, yeah. You know, one goal that like, for me still haunts me. I mean, uh, I know you the rundown you had, had with the games, and but for me, still that that goal, goal of Declan Rice against us where,
1: oh yeah. You know,
0: the shot gets taken. One of our players blocks the ball, which of course takes our goalie out of the equation, and that guy just smashes the ball. You know, it was like without the goalie even making a reaction to get to it. You know,
1: yeah, so, and we can't be like messing up with those type of games but you know hopefully come the next few fixtures we can show the same type of performance we have been showing because i think we 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 at the moment or prior to these games it felt, it felt like to me that we never had that identity you know with george graham you know arsenal had the identity of you know solid back four, boarding boarding arsenal getting the result then you had the Wenger rain where, you know, Wenger ball trying knocking teams off the park. But at every at the moment, it's almost like the, the team didn't doesn't know what their true identity is as a as a team. How what's their strategy and stuff. But I, I think you know slowly but surely you can see the team is starting to get into it now. That pressing kind of game, mm. trying to maybe get the early goal and then you know dominate the game from there.
0: Um, in the second half, uh, Koscielny. Managed to bag a third, a third goal for Arsenal after great work again by Mkhitaryan, who, you know, managed to get almost like an overlap running on, on the uh Bournemouth defence. Managed to cut the ball across the box. I mean, it was kind of a scruffy finish, but I mean, you know, we'll take it. Managed yeah. to, you know, loop over the line. I mean, the keeper managed to get it over, but I mean, the goal line technology showed the ball was, you know, clearly over. Um, Arsenal then kept on, you know, swarming Bournemouth now because it's almost like, you know, the wind was all kind of knocked out of with of cells after that because, look, they had actually a strong finish in the first half and I thought they would have that to, you know, go into the second. But I mean, with us scoring so quickly in the in the second half, you could see that was a moment that almost like, you know, broke the camel's back kind of thing. Um, within the 59th minute, uh, a great run from Mkhitaryan in our own half. He manages to burst past, I think, three or four midfielders of of Bournemouth. Manages to thread a perfect ball between the two uh, Bournemouth centre backs to play in Aubameyang, who races through, runs around Boruch, and coolly rolls the ball into an empty net. Four-one Arsenal on the way to th- on the way to three points. Mekhtarian um, then walked off to a standing ovation on the sixty-fourth minute. Uh, he was subbed by uh, Alexander Lacazette. Um, I think 71 minutes, Dennis Suarez came on for Aubameyang. Uh we then win a free kick on seventy-eight minutes. Luck is it a brilliant free kick bent in you know evading wall and goalkeeper to make it five one on the night. Uh, the only big worry for Arsenal, uh Kosk went in for tackle in the 87th minute. Uh, he got thrown out by Joshua King. I mean it was purely accidental. But I mean, you could actually hear the touchline. You know, of course, the only screaming in pain. And I mean, many were thinking he did his knee in or something. But I think it was more just like a jarring of the or not jarring, the a bruising of the you know the studs onto bone. You yeah. Know? So, you know, he managed to somehow shrug it off. So, let's just hope he's now you know fully fit for the game tomorrow, the North London Derby. Uh, not
1: not a bad week for you know, eh? was it. Two, two goals and three assists in the two games we played. Yeah, I'm in form
0: play at the moment. And what is also vital for me, if you look at it, I was just looking also at player stats. I mean, that, that game of the weekend that Southampton game, I think Xhaka went in as man of the match for that game. And I think uh, Mkhitaryan was rated very highly for the Bournemouth game. So, you know, almost like everybody looks on the ball at the moment and, and i mean what is also key for me um i think one of the journalists that i was listening to on thursday or friday night was actually saying uh one thing he noticed like because he was in the ground watching the match uh he said uh you know when when arsenal scored i think that f- could be the fourth goal he said all the players i mean but for leno all of them actually got into this tight tight idol and then you could see they were not only congratulating each other but they were also talking so I just wonder if it was more like you know you know we can do this you know we can really push now going to the final stretch of the season
1: yeah and it's going on to our big game tomorrow against Spurs it's good to see everybody's in good morale and good form at the moment so hopefully we can take it through against the striking Spurs side as well I mean look no doubt
0: Spurs will be up for it I mean we've seen North London derbies where you know, we've been on a run of losses and, and and Spurs on a on a run of wins, and we managed to turn the tables. So, you know, anything can happen. So I just think to myself, you know, be very weary because you don't know. Look, they also have almost like issues with their team. Like uh, some, some that I think, some like Eric Dyer hasn't been training for a while because he's got tonsillitis. Daley Ali will not be risked, I think until mid March. So I think the 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 key men again for Spurs will probably be, you know, your Harry Keynes, your um, somebody like Son and, and uh, Ericsson. But I mean, for me, Ericsson is... I mean, I, I know many people go on over Kane and not ever putting the ball away. In it. But for me, that Kane does not get the ball if Ericsson is allowed to play. And that is, for me, the linchpin for the Spurs team.
1: I think we can get to Herrera. Maybe I need to close him down and... You know, try to starve him off the off the ball. Mm-hmm. Arsenal can maybe do a job, and you know, Wembley has been our second home ground. I mean, we've taken on Man City there, we've beaten yeah. them, we've beaten Chelsea when they were the champions there. So we know what it is like to play yeah. at Wembley, and we in London. That we should make this our home ground and show them, you know, that we're not going to get bullied by Spurs. We should take them because they are under pressure from being yeah. title challengers in the back of their head. Last week, this time they were, oh, we challenge, we could be two points behind City and Liverpool to it could be now be one point ahead of Arsenal with having to play City at the Etihad and Liverpool at Anfield. So, by all means, that top four race can be blown wide open with another team in it should yep. Arsenal win tomorrow. And I'm sure all the clubs out there now or the likes of Chelsea, um, United, everybody's going to be rooting for Arsenal. And I mean,
0: it's also now gotten to a situation where um, look, everybody knows uh, like Liverpool and Man City almost like in a league of their own, and it's all like now watching, say, Spurs, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United gunning for like those last two spots. It's almost yeah. like coming I mean, almost like a title race in its own right. I mean, I don't want to sound yeah. corny about it, but you know, it, it, it's playing out like, it, like a full, out, you know, a straight out shooter with us uh, going into this last few, few weeks of the season.
1: We must just be wary that you know we don't want United to leapfrog us again, which, which could happen leapfrogging each other up until the final weeks. But mm-hmm. we need to make sure we don't drop points against Spurs. Even a draw will be fine because I think United did themselves justice by throwing against Liverpool and not allowing themselves to fall you know, behind.
0: My personal take is when I, I was just looking because on, on match of the day, they were also mentioning now the, the way the season's going to now run like the running for the season for March, April, May. For me, uh, like Alan Shearer was saying this, and, and I think Gary Linke as well, this next two weeks is probably going to... I mean, uh, of course, we're always making... This is important, that's important. But like said this could like, make or break our season because we've got Tottenham, we've got Man United, then we've got the two in-between, all that stuff. We've got the two rain games. And then there's going to be, a I think, a, 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 either one... 10-day break between for the FA Cup uh, fixtures so that is where we get off like a that like a week and a half off something like that so if we can take advantage of that with a mindset of look up we're gonna push our players to the max they're gonna get that like a, a full rest out because after that then I think we just have teams like mid-table, mid-table teams to play from the from then after the FA Cup the uh, break till the end of the season
1: I think goodison park and I know they very much if I think going to Goodison Park and the Molyneux is gonna be a very tough stadiums to go to. I mean Wolves have shown that they can give you all if they want to. I mean Arsenal has to go to the Molyneux, and so does United. Mm. So so I think there as well the, the, the clubs have to you know make sure that they get the points there. I mean the question is
0: now because if you also look at it the gap between six and like say said, uh, seventh and eighth in it, there's such a big gulf already there. So, you know, everybody's just wondering, are people not just going to be playing for positions now, you know, going into that latter months of the season? Or, okay, if you're going to now have a, you know, a relegation threatened team, you don't know what sort of effort they put in normally at the end. But I mean, I just think at times, like so some were mentioning, sometimes when teams hit that 40, so 40 plus mark, then you see almost like very half-hearted, you know, performances, especially that April month, you sometimes get that period where yeah. you know teams just go into that sort of lull. And you know, the top teams and the bottom teams can normally nick off points off these type of teams.
1: I think Arsenal can do it. I I you know I had my doubts. United also look very dangerous. I must give commend Solskjaer for for the for the job he's done at United. I mean, they they don't seem like they want to lose games. They don't seem like they care. Like, I was banking on him to lose against Liverpool. It didn't happen. They still have to welcome City. And they, I wonder if they... I, if they what, just the way,
0: me. I mean, what, what impressed me about them was like just the way they're dealing with the injuries. Because, you know, I can't really stand them. And I was now looking for different, you know, permutations, like how or what can be the downfall. And I really thought, you know, all those injuries would, would now be some, you know, part of it. But I mean, they seem just to be getting stronger and stronger and whoever's coming in
1: is just adapting, adapting, adapting to the squad system. Speaking of squad system, I'd like to bring up Dennis Suarez at the moment. Like, What's happening? It's third of it's the 1st of March. Mm. I doubt you'll be playing in the North London derby. Because um, he hasn't got much minutes under his belt. Is Una Emre maybe because he's not playing, had played a lot of football previously trying to you're slowly starting to get his match fitness up before throwing him into a big game or what is happening because he's like it's almost end of the season and he hasn't contributed in anything and i think you also mentioned it to me if the guys want to go you know the listeners want to go listen watch the training video of arsenal on youtube where he he seems a lonely figure at the Mm -hmm. club standing on his own not you know joining in even on the banter when they're playing that rondo game when they try to get 20 passes or something like that and then everybody's celebrating and stuff like that and he was just standing there not knowing what to do Yeah, because i mean I, I don't know if if,
0: you know, if it's going to be really worth that investment if, if you don't see that sort of uh like a, almost like a brotherly type of feeling amongst the players or the camaraderie because sometimes i watch also like i mean know one thing i've been doing also the last few games is i watch uh like when he plays and it's not like they will only give the ball to him in an emergency if they are tight you know if, if people are close but they're not gonna like, you know, randomly just give him the ball to go you know to play his natural game and i think i don't know if it's like they, they don't trust him yet with the ball or there's not that i don't know but it's just like a very awkward uh relationship at the moment you know between that player, with him being our lone player and, and the Arsenal, you know, the team that's now fixed already. Very tough to call. Oh, that's going to work out. Because, I mean, if you think of it, is it now going to be worth the invest, like, 20-whatever million if you don't see this, you know, anything getting better for him? Because, I mean, you need to see yeah. a, a sort of game where even if it's like a cameo roll of like five or ten minutes or whatever he gets, but it, it's like he needs to like explode on the scene and that is what we all... I think all of us are actually yearning for that or wanting that. But it's just I mean like it's just not coming.
1: Yeah, we're waiting for like that moment of magic, you know, where yeah. he maybe Arsenal are 1-1, putting him on and he just turns the game on the head with two quick goals or two assists and suddenly, you know, the Arsenal fans are taking to him.
0: Because, I mean, sometimes you can actually hear that, that it groans when he doesn't have, like, say, an outlet and he just, you know, plays rather safety ball to the back because he does not know, you know... Because uh, there's a lot of times you see also that misplaced passes between him and the other players when, when you know, he has the ball. And it's like you can see they don't really read each other. It, it goes, I mean, of course, both ways. But you can see that is actually his thing at he needs to almost like come out somehow out of his shell because he looks like a very shy... Type of guy i mean you know the quality is there i mean he's performed quite well for Al before sevilla before and, and i mean when he comes he played for barcelona in the copa del rey so i mean i, I just hope he he, he comes good because i mean i would not then mind you know having him aboard for the 20 uh 19 2020 20 season if if you know if things work out perfectly
1: and i should also give like i hope that Ozil now. You know, it's a step in the right direction of his performances. And it's not just like a you know, flash-in-the-pan type performance where it doesn't happen again for another six, seven weeks again. I think if he can... Like, look, it looks like he wants to be at the club. One thing I can give him, but like, you know, um, respect about that, it seems like he's happy to be at the club. So, I mean, if we can all get behind him, and he can also get behind and work with Emre, I think we can have a decent player. But it's also... We need to kind of then get you know like you always mentioned this like two enforcers behind him to kind of protect him and make him know like okay you go do your thing with the ball because Uzil can destroy teams and it seems like Aubameyang added connection like you know always like to make that line and Uzel can yeah. um, give that ball it's just unfortunate sometimes Aubameyang gets caught offside when he shouldn't be because he has space to give anybody a head start and beat them. Yes, uh,
0: and with that, we will bring this podca- podcast to a close. Um, I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Um, I seriously hope we get, you know, the maximum points. I mean, even a draw, I think I could actually deal with as well. Um, all the best for the weekend, everybody. Enjoy. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast as well. Uh, I look forward to next week where we can discuss our two games, the Spurs game in depth and the Rain game. Goodbye and enjoy the weekend, guys.
1: Enjoy the North London Derby, guys.